Lucid dreaming on Peter Juice. Feeling like I'm heaven sent, I might not need a roof. What's the point if I'm falling? Feel like I'm crawling. See it all in black and white like it was Beetlejuice. I turn angels into demons in my nightmares. Try to tell me that this light don't fight. Fair. Living in the darkness, there's no light there. That's on every corner as if I square. Maybe I'm too clever as if I care. Too far away from here, feel like I'm like. Away from all the hate of all of my peers Safe to say I don't have none, but we can have fun Death is like a game, life is like a lie I know that when I'm living life, I'm living just to die I know sometimes we struggle, but I never wonder why I keep balling up my fist and never shake it to the sky You should know by now You could go insane trying to figure me out I was in the D, was no digging me out Used to ask for help, I was screaming it loud Keep losing focus Catch me at my lowest Don't know where I'm going Don't trade that ring for roses I keep losing focus Since you think you know it Tell me how life goes then Left me in reality, I need the truth Feeling like I was the man, I never needed proof What's the rise without ever falling the mall and got my ducks in a row, but now I need a shoe. Had to take a deep breath out of the night. Yeah. Maybe I'm a monster, even I'm scared. Losing my composure, that's what I fear. Losing life every moment, yes, I'm aware. The station only race, so we can fight. Despair. Look inside the iris, see that my soul is still there. My demons always bothering, if not, then it's rare. I live life in sorrow like it was cozy in there. That's Grimlock here on Forward Radio. I'm Justin Mong. I'm excited to have Grimlock in the studio with me. Welcome to Forward Radio. Yo, what's up? It's Grimlock. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a young musician in the studio, uh, producing some fantastic music. You just heard a track called Calamity. Uh, did you write and produce that whole thing? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely wrote it. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> You have some collaborators, right? Mm, depends on... The song where like okay. I, like I usually well I always write my own music and my own lyrics and I also sing them, but uh, like as far as like beat making, you feel me? I usually get one of the homies to make me something. Or, yeah, you know I find something on the internet that I'm interested in, and then I get cracking with that. Yeah. So tell me about calamity. What inspired that song? Strong emotion. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so calamity is. But I gave it the name title because that's what it's really about. Like, but it's about life and all the stuff that I go through in life. And it's basically like me saying that that calamity is not going to control me and it's not going to ruin my life to the point of where I'm a mess because life's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a struggle. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. How'd you get into music? Man, my uh, my older brother does music. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 
And he used to be popping in Louisville like uh, like a long time ago. And I think he's about to start up soon. But, uh, but yeah, I got into music because of him. And then I got tired of, like, listening to everybody else's music because I was, like, so inspired <laughs> to, like, you know, do my own thing. So yeah. for years I tried to find somebody who would sit down with me and record me. And then next thing you know, I found a studio, started going to that, and started being even more inspired. So after that, I just took off with the music. I I got like 26 songs, 26, 30 songs in the the bank right now. Yeah. Wow. We're going to hear three today. Uh, The next one coming up is Me Against the World. Let's give it a listen here on Forward Radio. here on forward radio what a great tune man that's really that's good stuff impressive yeah thank you wow <laughs> me against the world I, <laughs> how many mornings do you wake up feel like that's the case right <laughs> every day every day it's every day. <laughs> <laughs> a struggle like you were saying uh but something there must be something about making music that is healing 
right? Yeah. I, I've never been a musician. I've always kind of been jealous of musicians for that ability to like put your many different emotions and thoughts uh, into something that that is artistic and speaks to other people, right? Yeah. I really think that when I'm doing this, like I channel like energy from somewhere else and I'm just like, really? Yeah. It's like, it's crazy because like I can be writing and next thing you know, all the words will start to fall in place. I'll like use words that I didn't even know that I knew oh in the God. correct way. The first time I had to Google it, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Oh snap. I didn't know I knew that, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, that's what people say poets I've heard poets say that too that there's kind of like this you're channeling almost yeah uh, something so you're tapping into something that is universal yeah most definitely I think that's why a lot of my songs are either about love or heartbreak because it's like <laughs> that's one of the most common things that we go through in life you feel me like a lot of people spend their whole life searching for love but you yeah. feel me like there's all kinds of, uh, you know, love in different places, but also different forms of love. And that's kind of what these projects that I'm making are about. Yeah. Yeah. N are you born and raised here in Louisville? For the most part. For the most I'm part? Kentuckiana. 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 All right. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you've been able to connect to others in the music scene here locally? Yeah, yeah. I really rock with a lot of people here. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of underground artists that I never even knew about, but they, they popping out now and... That is cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Like I'm not gonna lie. Right? Okay. <laughs> Have you had the chance to perform live yet? Uh, a few times actually. I'm looking for more opportunities and stuff. So whoever's listening, whoever yeah, want to come get me? Just hit me up. How can people find you? Uh, yeah. So my at for Instagram. That's my main thing that I use. Is Grimlock G R I M M X L O K K because somebody stole the original. <laughs> And I had to throw the X in the middle. G-R-I-M-M-X-L-O-K-K. Grimlock is in Ford Radio Studio right now. We're so excited to have him. And uh, let's hear your next track, Nirvana. Yeah. But uh, before we move to the next track, yes, shout out to 17-8. Shout out to Pac-Man two times. Really. Shout out to my other homeboys. You feel me? It's like, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got the shout outs in. Here's some Nirvana. You take the pain from me Or help me face my demons Or would you ever stay with me A change on me like these seasons And I don't wanna waste my time Taking shorter cuts in life And if it gets me to Nirvana Then I'm sure that I'll be fine Everything about you Don't you lie to me I'm keeping it cool Girl I know them sticks and stones May break my bones But baby if I'm rubber you blue I know I'm sounding like an Einstein But that's only cause of hindsight Open up your mind's eye Or you can run straight to the limelight I suffered a thousand Cause from this love I should just leave it and suffered a thousand more feeling dumb Girl, I don't need this Would you take the pain from me? Or help me face my demons? Or would you ever stay with me? A change on me like these seasons And I don't wanna waste my time 
making shortcuts in life And if it gets me to Nirvana Then I'm sure that I'll be fine Bring me some light into this darkness I won't let you fall apart Yeah, we were finished when we started Even so, I might do it over again You were my dear, now you're departed If I could line all these stars And make a wish, I'd steal your heart And find the reasons we don't have to defend I stuck up for love once and ended Crushed up underneath it And fall for forever Come to find out I'll never see it Would you take the pain from me? Or help me face my demons? Or would you ever stay with me? A change on me like these seasons And I don't wanna waste my time Taking shorter cuts in life And if it gets me to Nirvana Then I'm sure that got a little nirvana in the house here on forward radio not the grunge rock but the grimlock is a local artist here just getting started and we're so happy to support him here on forward radio these are the kinds of people you hear on a community radio station that you won't get anywhere else grimlock g-r-i-m-m X-L-O-K-K is where you find him on Instagram. Instagram, yeah. Okay. And if you're looking for me on Facebook, it's Grim Space Lock, no X. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you have a band camp set up or anything like that? Uh, nah, not yet. Okay. Not yet. Okay. Uh, I really ain't got too much started yet, but uh, I am working on a lot of merchandise. Oh, so nice. Yeah, so I got shirts. I got stickers. Really? I'm hoping I can get wristbands, but... Uh, okay. Speaking of which, shout out to one of my homegirls. Like, she owns part of the company Barrett Babes, and she's letting me Ooh. put my shirts in her store. Oh, nice. And uh, shout out to the Little Loom House. I do a lot of stuff there. But uh, they also doing the same, like, letting me put my work in there. So hopefully I can sell a few pieces of my story here and there. You feel yeah. me? So yeah. Uh, I'm glad to be like you should be a part of like the art community. Cause That's I, right. I, I really ain't even think it existed. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, cause you feel me? I've always heard like you feel me? Like as an artist, like it's gonna be hard for you to make it, or it's, it's like you're not gonna make it at all. You feel me? Like it's, it's crazy. But uh, this music stuff really turned that around. But so That's the photography, great. yeah. Well, I think your your work's amazing. I just heard it for the first time, y'all, and I am so so impressed. I, I want you to encourage you to keep it up because this is this is good stuff, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Forward Radio, man. Best of luck to you. Yeah, thank you for making time for me. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's what we do here on Community Radio. Introduce you to new artists you're not going to hear anywhere else, like Grimlock. Find Grimlock at G-R-I-M-M-X-L-O-K-K on Instagram. And you are listening to a special Pledge Drive edition of Truth to Power with me, Justin Mogg, here on Forward Radio. We rely entirely on your contributions, and we are at the end of our Pledge Drive for our fifth anniversary. We need you to go to forwardradio.org right now. Give what you can. 
to support the station. On this special two-part edition of Truth to Power, we're going to change gears now and head over to our friends in Lexington at WLXU, their community radio station there. Renee Cobb, she, you can hear her here on Forward Radio as well with her Overtones Live program. She also produces a great show called Gray Matters that we're going to give a listen to right now here on Truth to Power. Hello, everyone. This is Renee Collins and Emily Duncan, and you are listening to Gray Matters, a show on the science of the brain as it relates to how our brains influence our decisions and relationships. So let's explore the cognitive science behind our daily lives, and we will discuss this today as we do on WLXU, Lexington Community Radio. I am thankful and blessed to have my coworker at the University of Kentucky Office of Institutional Diversity. Welcome, Emily. Hi, so good to be back. Emily and I work for the University of Kentucky Office of Institutional Diversity, and Emily, we are lucky enough to have two wonderful guests today to discuss a very important topic. So what we're talking about today is being able to create a more accurate picture of the world by understanding more ways that people are looking at it. So. The more perspectives that you can gather, the more accurate worldview you can really create. And we have a quote that we will start off with, and at the end of the show we revisit. And Emily, you have found a really great quote about our topic today. Yes, so this is from Hannah Gadsby. I believe we can paint a better world if we learn how to see it from all perspectives, as many perspectives as we possibly could, because diversity is strength. Diversity is a teacher. Fear difference, and you learn nothing. Well, that's an absolutely great quote to start off with. Yes. And so we talk often about how it's intimidating to go into new territory. It it can be scary to learn something new or to go into something that that feels unfamiliar. (coughs) It can feel risky to our brains, right? And especially to our fast brains, it can feel risky. But it's so important. You know, it's, it's an opportunity for enrichment. And so I, I was very excited to do, I, one of my favorite things that I get to do at University of Kentucky is work with international students because I have gotten to know people over the years and I've learned so much. And so one of my favorite things every year is to do the International Teaching Assistance Orientation, which is where all of the new teaching assistants for University of Kentucky who are going to be grading papers, teaching classes, teaching labs, you know, maybe assisting on some research, they come in for an extra session where they get bombarded with information, right? And so one of the things that they're bombarded with is me. <laughs> and and I talked to them about the unconscious bias initiative and the work that University of Kentucky is doing. And this year, we also talked to them about how to consider bias when we are intentionally creating inclusive classroom experiences for ourselves and for our students. And so when I came to the um, international teaching assistant orientation this year, there was the first question was thrown out. And, you know, we're in a room of 150 people, some of which have been in the United States for a few years, some of which have been in the United States for a few hours, right? So it can be a very intimidating place for people to come. And so they throw out a question and they ask for people in the crowd to answer the question. I'm sitting next to the first two people who answered questions. All right. Well, we are <laughs> so glad you two, two answered the question. risk takers. And I've been communicating with them a little bit more. And I, I'm so excited about what they're going to share with us today. So I have sitting right next to me, Tianan Chen, who goes by 
Theo, and there's a great story about that that I'm going to ask you. And he is a master's student from Ningbo, did I say that right? Ningbo, China. And he's in the Integrated Strategic Communication Department. And then sitting across from me, we have Kirithin Rao, doctoral student in the PhD program in chemistry from Bangalore, India. So welcome. It's exciting to be here. I'm so glad that you all are here. And so if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to hear a little introduction from both of you. And we'll start with you, Theo. Mm -hmm. And if you could also tell us about Theo. Theo. Because your your first name is Tienen. Yes. Okay. So where did did Theo come from? Okay. So hello, everybody. Uh, My name is Theo. I'm from Ningbo, China. I'm a first year master's student at the department of ISC. And my research interests is health communication. The reason I have Theo, so I came up with Theo specifically for placing an order in Starbucks. <laughs> Isn't that great? Oh, yes. <laughs> good answer, good answer. Because <laughs> I'm super sure a lot of people, well, you must have experienced the same thing before. Like you tell the cashier your name and then they put down your name and when you get your coffee, it's the wrong name. Right. Yeah. So, I, so true. I remember I saw a lot of variations of my name. I have T-N, which is T-I-A-N. I have Tiana, which is very surprising. It's a girl's name. And I have Tia, T-I-A. So, yeah, so um, I came up with Theo and just for Starbucks. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, it, that's a very important thing, right? We, when, you're, when you're settling in the United States... We must have coffee. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, must that's have true. caffeine. So yeah. you can't let your drink get cold while they're calling the name that you doesn't that you yeah. don't know belongs yeah. to you. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kirithin, please introduce yourselves and let us know. Have you had this Starbucks moment? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm Kirithin. I'm a doctoral student in chemistry at UK, and I'm excited to be here today. And I'm in the United States since almost more than two years right now. So uh, it's been really fun and. A lot of learning to do, especially when I just landed here. I still remember that day meeting people I've never met before yeah. uh, in a place where I almost don't know anyone mm-hmm. uh, that well. So it was a really interesting experience, like getting to know everyone on a first name basis for a change. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we do have that in India, but uh, we don't really call people by name. Oh, uh, wow. We just say, hey, uh, just call them like by maybe saying hey or something. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah. Totally so, different way of greeting people. Yeah. And it's like uh, we always use sir and ma'am for mm-hmm. someone in a higher position, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not the case here. Right. So that was something really interesting for me. And uh, going back to my education, like chemistry has been a long-term interest. It's been since high school. Uh, but I also have the side interest that I recently discovered, which is learning about uh, psychology of people and mm-hmm. why we do what we do, yeah. uh, certain things like the way we think. Mm-hmm. So like it's fascinating to know all about that. So uh, and I do have a Starbucks name. <laughs> I just call it Key, K-E-Y. So it's just easy to pronounce and write. So. <laughs> Uh, wow. But I still see people making mistakes in that. So. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So I, I get that. Yeah. I get that moment of I would just like my coffee, please. Like, I, yeah. I don't we're, we're not going to slow down the whole world to get to get the name right. But I really need this coffee. Yeah. But I mean, how does how does it feel to do that, to change your name? Does that feel easy or does that I, I have um, a feeling that if I did that, I can understand the function of it, but it might bother me a little bit. Yeah, the first time you do it, it does. Like, maybe a f- few times, not just the first time. It, it's kind of weird. Like, someone someone's calling you by 
a different name. And you're calling yourself by right. a different name, It was right? your so, idea. Yeah. <laughs> and you then, forget who you are sometimes? Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, not really, but you do feel like, oh, wait, I, I shouldn't have done that. I mean, I'm proud of my name, but right. yeah. this is something just to make sure that I at least get a response from someone which I'm comfortable with. So right. that's how it started. And for the first few times, yeah, it was kind of weird, someone calling me by a different name. And then I felt like, okay, this is something probably... Uh, all right, I can live with this. Mm -hmm. As long as they don't mess that up as well. So, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. right. Yeah, I'll give you this much, but uh, do get that one right. <laughs> do yeah. get key yeah. correct. How about for you, Tianan? Uh, you mean for the Starbucks names? Yeah, how does it feel to change your name? Was that... Because um, you, you seem well, fairly comfortable about it, but... Yes, the reason is that I spent a lot of time finding Theo, and there is a similarity between Theo and my Chinese name. Okay. So, uh, my Chinese name is Tianan, which means I'm a gift from the god. Yay! And we agree. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> thank you, Mom. And then Theo is short for Theodore, which is used to be a Greek name. So, it has a Greek origin. And it, mean, it also means a gift from the god. Oh, wow. well, that's so, interesting. nice. Yeah. That's nice. So, it, it still feels connected yes. for you. Mm -hmm. Very good. So, I have asked Tianan and Kirthen here today because... We need to have more data to feed our brains. So we've talked quite a bit about our fast brain and our slow brain. Our fast brain constructs our reality out of what it has seen and experienced, secondhand or directly. We catalog experiences and then that becomes what we see and what we understand. But the problem is it doesn't give us a complete picture of the reality of the world. And so uh, Renee and I, when we were talking to the uh, groups at University of Kentucky or the rest of the work we do around the country, we talk about how our work is to find more data to feed our brains. Because the more experiences we can add to that collection in our fast brain, the better off we'll be at examining the world. We can see more by understanding through someone else's eyes. And so I'm really glad to have Tiananmen and Kirthen here with us today to talk about their experiences as graduate students, as teaching assistants, and as international students. All of these different pieces of their identities come in together in their own independent disciplines, and they influence the way they're seeing the world, the way they teach classes, and the way that they learn as graduate students. And as listeners today, I'm hoping that we can take what we hear from them to inform what we see in the future. You know, maybe when we hear a little something about their experience and, and how much time they're spending um, as teaching assistants and, and graduate students, then maybe the next time that we're engaging with somebody who's earned their master's degree or their PhD, then we can see, oh my goodness, wow, I heard a little bit about what it takes to make it through graduate school. So, wow, I feel like I understand a little bit more about um, this person or, wow, I, I just met somebody from China. I wonder if it's a similar experience to something that I heard on that radio show. You know, we, we all have the work to do of gathering as many perspectives as possible to create a, a more realistic view of what we see and experience in the world, the decisions that we make and the relationships we have. So tell me, you, you've both been in the United States for a few years. So Theo, talk, talk to me about you've been here for five, five years. Mm -hmm. And so what has that evolution been like? You know, put yourself back to that day one, all the way to 
Theo, you know, so we start with Tienan mm-hmm. on, on day one. Theo, five years later. Yes. So I spent my last four years at Boston. So this is actually my first year in Lexington, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I will say, well, it was a little bit tough at the very first beginning at Boston. Because when I first came to United States, I'm not really fluent in English. So I tried my best to communicate with professors and peer mentors to practice my English. How uh, intimidating. Because I remember it being a student in the United States, it was already intimidated, intimidating to talk to a professor. And I was speaking in my first language. Do you remember, you remember that, yes. Renee? Yes. Yeah. I cannot even begin to imagine that experience. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're starting off, you're, you're talking, mm-hmm. trying to communicate, trying to practice your English. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing I never see myself in is parties. I have no idea. I'm not a fan <laughs> oh. of parties, which means I have less time to spend with my classmates who are, like, who are from the United States. Uh, so I will say most of my time at Boston, uh, my spare time at Boston, is with a lot of international students, right? Especially uh, those from China. Sure. Uh, of course, we should. Well, we have the same. Like we speak the same language, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of it's really weird. Um, we are kind of becoming becoming the citizens for the third country. Right. So um, you can see a lot of Chinese people or a lot of Korean students. Like we are kind of meddled into a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do not perfectly fitting to the United U.S. culture. Mm-hmm. And when we come back to China for family visits, right. we do not fit in China exactly, like, yeah. perfectly. So that is really weird. Like we have, we have, we combined or we absorbed the culture mm. from both countries. And then we are kind of isolated a little right. bit at some degree. Yeah. 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 And so uh, did you have that kind of, I, I've heard it, spoken about as that third nation or third country identity that's created. Have you had that experience? Yeah, I remember. uh, So I was back in India in July and uh, the first week was really weird, if I can say that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, I know it's home, but a lot has changed uh, since I left. And uh, now I'm back. But at the same time, I have so many different ideas and like the way I think has changed and Mm. the way... I do certain things has changed. The way I talk to people has changed. So again, going back to what it was like before was probably the hardest thing to do. Well, I kind of did get adapted like by the end of my visit, mm-hmm. uh, but I, did, I do remember a friend of mine who uh, told me that, you know, yeah, I met you during the first week when you were here and now I'm meeting you the last week and there's the difference. So right. when you were here for the first week of your visit, you were really that, you know, kind of like the annoying kid who's Aww. always complaining about stuff. <laughs> uh, that's not right. That's not right. And then now, like before you're leaving, you're like so used to living back home, you know. So yeah. uh, that kind of puts a mental barrier in, I think, a lot of us. That's something that I've noticed. Uh, because when I came back to the U.S., it, it, it was like starting all over again. Wow. Uh, it was like the same things that happened before when I first came to the U.S. Mm-hmm. was happening again. Like trying to get used to the people here, the culture, food, weather, um, everything. And we don't really thought about weather, too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like like he said, like it's a third country Mm -hmm. uh, for us. Like the first one was the one we had before we first came to the U.S. Mm -hmm. The second country is the U.S. when we first arrived. Mm -hmm. And now we go back home, revisit 
meet everyone and come back here, that's like a whole new experience now. It's like we are trying to bring two countries together in terms of the way we think, the culture, um, and everything else. So that really takes a toll on people. I would uh, imagine that that is really difficult. And I think that I, I experienced that to the, the smallest degree in my own, you know, you, you go off on your own, you create your own world, mm-hmm. and then it's different to go back yeah. home, yeah. right? But it's such a different level that you're experiencing. Yeah. So tell me, I would imagine that that is also a different level of enrichment that you all have in common with each yes. other, even though you're not from the same countries, mm-hmm. that all international students can kind of be like, well, I get that. Oh, you just went home. Yeah. Oh, okay, I know. Yeah. Welcome back. Yeah. How are you doing? You know, maybe check in with you and and know that that might be a difficult time. Yeah. Um, and kind of coming back might be a difficult time. Mm-hmm. So tell me, as you as you look into your professional lives and the other relationships that you will have beyond this experience as an international student, mm-hmm. what skills do you think that will build for you, or how do you think that will come in useful mm-hmm. for you of of knowing that there is this kind of third nation or being, you know, being put in a situation where you had to adapt mm-hmm. and then adapt and then adapt yeah. again. So how do you think this might be used in your in your life beyond being a student? Well, I think the biggest lesson that I can really think of right now is how important it is for us to be open-minded mm-hmm. because like everywhere we go, like our home itself was not the same when I went back. Like yeah. a lot of things have changed. Like, for example, I have a, a pet dog back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, she didn't recognize me at all, oh, no. like for a week. Oh, and I was no. so disappointed. Oh, uh, like even you, dog, yeah. even you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can, I get that. Like, you know, two years, it's a long time. And, mm-hmm. you know, animals, we can't really predict how they think. Well, we can't predict anyone. Right. Wow. Think. That's but, a very good point. Yeah. too. So that change was really big. But at the same time, I was like open-minded enough to know that, okay, Here's someone who is not recognizing me anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably because, like, you know, I wasn't there for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may not be long for me. Two years may not be long for me. But for my dog, it was like two years as big. Right. So being open-minded in that sense is like giving time mm. and not getting frustrated, not letting yourself feel really bad about what you did. Right. Instead, work through that and try and gain that trust back. Right. So... Sometimes we say things to people to get their trust back, and mm. I think that's hard. But trust me, getting the trust back from an animal is, like, Aww. even harder. So yes. that, that's, a, that's a really good lesson that I learned. But that only happens if we are open-minded enough to see that things are not the same. People are not the same. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to accept when things are different, when people yeah. are different, when they change. Uh, as long as you don't let that hurt yourself. So, right. Uh, yeah, to, to, to do what you can to not take that yeah. personally. And I can imagine that would play into any yeah. relationship. And I would, would not have learned of. that if, right. like, I was away from home for so long. Like, change, that kind of monumental change right. in people and things. So, And yeah. I get what you're saying, what you were saying, TNN2, about how that's isolating. That you have this experience and this understanding and this, this enrichment mm-hmm. But you look around and the people around you have not had that same experience, so they can't yeah. identify with it. So so tell me tell me for you, Tannen, do you see this as something that will show up later in, in your life and your relationships? Um, I'm going to say I think it's good mm-hmm. as some, well, in some way. So I'm going to use a metaphor, but I'm not sure if it's a metaphor. Um, I see <laughs> myself as 
a blender, a filter, and a glue. Ah. So it's more like we are kind of so as international students, we have the culture and the knowledge or the background from both United States mm-hmm. and our hometown, um, our home country. So in terms of my personal life, I will tell a lot of things I learned in in United States to my grandmother, to yeah. my family, and because well, I know if something is okay for me, but it might not be okay for. The people in China, so mm-hmm. I see myself as a filter. So ah. um, after absorbing and learn a lot of things in United States, I will, well, air quotes, uh, choose um, something I think is appropriate for mm-hmm. my grandmother and tell her something new. Um, I told her a lot of things about altruistic motivation, oh. pro-social tendency, free speech, charity. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't we don't pay a lot. Well, we may not have. The terminology for this in mm-hmm. China, I will, I will pick the right thing. Well, I think the right thing for her. Yeah, maybe it's not exactly the right thing to do. But right. Yeah, but I think at this point I serve as a filter. That's great, yeah. and I That's I like amazing. what you're saying too. When you're talking about your grandmother, you recognize her lens mm-hmm. and the way she sees the world, and you know. Maybe when I'm explaining this concept, first of all, I'm going to pick which concept she's ready for. Mm-hmm. But I can explain it in a way that I know that she can see it, yes, and that she can mm-hmm. understand it. Yes, because you really do. You have access. This this is ex- the the access to perspectives that you have mm-hmm. as an international student, and we cannot minimize the risk that it took to come here. Mm-hmm. About yep. how intimidating, even the process to become an international student. Is a rigorous one, you know. So you go through the process and you get whatever logistics together to do it, and to feel like, yes, I can do that. I can go off just as you were saying, Kirsten, about I'm going to go somewhere where I don't really know anyone. Mm-hmm. And Tian, and you were talking about I don't, I don't feel completely confident in my grasp of the language that mm-hmm. I'm going to hear spoken around me every day, but I'm doing it. So. What is it about you all that made you brave enough to take this step? Have you always been a risk taker, or what motivated you to to take such a big leap? So I used to be really shy, really, really shy. Really? Um, I don't raise my hand during the <laughs> during the lecture. Um, yeah, in high school, in middle school, no matter in China or in United States, I just feel really shy. Mm-hmm. And I believe I became a little bit more confident. When I became the TA at Boston University, ah, like, cause once you're so you were shy when you made a decision to come to the U.S. to study. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. How scary was that? Very scary. Yes. Like, I was reluctant to talk to people. Yes. Like, for at least three months, I believe. Wow. Yeah. And so then, when you became a TA, then you started to get some confidence. Yes, especially when your schedule is fully packed. You have to yeah. like. I need this to be done. Yeah. Perfectly at this time, you need to be a little bit bossy sometimes. Ah, yeah. And then once everything is good, looks good, and well organized, you will gain confidence by finishing your task mm-hmm. perfectly by accomplishing it exactly. Right. And you need to working with or cooperating with different professors in terms of research projects or classroom、uh, orientation, and then a lot of things going on. Talking to the dean, tax, social security number. Wow! Yeah. And once everything is done, and you look back, and oh my God, I finished all this. Yes. And voila, you have your confidence. So how how did you decide, as a shy person,、mm-hmm. in 
Ningbo. Mm -hmm. How did you just, you just giggled. Did I say that in a strange way? No, 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 no. Okay. No. <laughs> Correct me. I think you guys I want to get, like this. Because okay. I want you to pronounce my hometown correctly. And I want to pronounce your hometown correctly. Okay. So in, in Ningbo, you are a shy person. Mm-hmm. What, what made you think, I can do this. I can go to Boston. It'll be fine. Well, there is a song named the Boston by Augustana. How cool is that? <laughs> <laughs> Music. Now we yes. bring Renee back yes. in. Exactly. She's, I think we got our theme song now. That's exactly right. <laughs> so before I making the decision to uh, go to Boston University, I heard the song and the lyrics are just amazing. Well, it said, uh, some snow, uh, I'm tired of California. Some snow will be nice. Uh. But when I came to Boston, well, some is not the right word okay. <laughs> <Snow> in Boston. <laughs> yeah. So how would you describe the snow in Boston? <laughs> last semester we have, I'm oh, sorry, last winter we have 55 inches. Okay, that's and some. Hmm. That's my... some. It's a some and then some. <laughs> and my roommate parked the car on the street and <gasps> the car, well, next morning the car was buried in the snow. Oh, no. wow. oh that's bad. That's so how about for what? you, Kirtan? What, how... How did you know? Oh, I can do this. I can because you you were at Purdue first. Mm -hmm. yep. So how did you decide? Yeah, this is fine. I'm just gonna go from India to Purdue. Yeah. Well, so I did not know that I'm gonna do this. Well, I didn't even think that I can do this. Uh, but I was like, it's gonna be a new experience, new place, mm -hmm. a lot of people to meet, mm -hmm. and it could be an opportunity to learn something more. So uh, that's what motivated me to go out and explore. Uh, wow. But I knew when I was leaving, I knew that I was leaving so much behind. Yeah. Um, and although that part was like holding on to me, it still holds on to me. I'm like, mm -hmm. I've left so much behind. I, s I still want to go back and, you know, get everything back. It's like a feeling where you want everything right. uh, back again. Uh. But at the same time, I came to a place where I had nothing. And now, if I try to leave from here, I have a lot more here as well. A lot Something of friends. Something more to leave again. Exactly. So that kind of like gave an idea in the, uh, right in the beginning that, you know, no matter how much we leave behind, we always have something more to get back, Ooh. like to fill back our plate. You know, like uh, you eat food and then your plate's empty. That's all right. Just give it some more time and the plate's going to fill back again and so wow. that you can eat more so and again uh, that applies to so much in life what a, yeah. what an incredible thing to learn and to yeah. experience so but i didn't know that that was what i was going to learn right right <laughs> that's right now like reflecting back that mm. that's the idea uh that i have right now like uh, of what i learned uh but when i was leaving yeah i had no idea what what's going to happen whether i'm going to make it or not yeah. uh, it was a big risk though it's yeah. a huge risk yeah Wow. Emily, I might add, I had a difficult decision, or I thought I had a difficult decision, just coming from Ashland, Kentucky, to come to the University of it's Kentucky. True. And what just comes to mind to me is how it's just all a matter of our own lens and our perspective, that that was a huge leap, and that's a two hours down the highway. Right. But culturally, it's very similar, right? Mm -hmm. We're moving into, you know, foreign territory. We saw Lexington, like, as the Big Apple. I mean, it was, yeah. like, the big city. Yeah. And it's just so incredible. I can't imagine, like, deciding to go to a foreign country mm -hmm. for the college experience. And I think about that every time I see you all on campus. It's like, how big of a decision that must have been? Right. How much did you have to think about totally just plucking yourself out of your comfort zone to come somewhere else to learn? Well, and just like you were saying, Kirtan, about not knowing whether you would succeed or not, mm -hmm. you know, 
students who are able to come to the United States are typically very successful first in their home country. Yeah. You know, and so when you're used to success mm -hmm. and you say, hey, I, this might not work, mm -hmm. that's like a whole nother level of risk, of the academic risk yeah. of I might go here mm -hmm. and have difficulty with that. But yeah, even these little moves that we made, I moved from Pleasantdale, Nebraska to Paris, Kentucky when I was 15. And mm -hmm. it, I felt like the world stopped that day. Yeah. You know, I felt like the whole, like everyone must notice what's happening to me yeah. right now because this is so big. Mm -hmm. But I was also white. I was also the same age as people around me. I was also speaking the same language as people around me, even though my accent was different. I knew a lot of the popular culture references that mm -hmm. people my age were interested in. Yeah. You know, I was familiar with the customs and traditions around me. The, you know, talking about how yeah. you experienced even greeting people in a different way. Mm -hmm. I didn't experience that. Yeah. All of these layers. And you're also students. Yeah. <laughs> you also have to succeed academically just as the rest of the students around you who are dealing with just a few things at a time and they're they're worried about leaving their family at home yeah. or maybe a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend that they left at their hometown mm -hmm. or you know not seeing their parents for a, um, a week until mom does your laundry yeah. <laughs> you know on Saturday you know it's just it's so true it's such a yeah. such an I would imagine intense experience. And speaking mm -hmm. of intense experiences, how's graduate school? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's pretty long. <laughs> yes. It's just getting started. Yes. Yeah. How about for you, Tianan? Oh, I like it. You like it? All right. Because <laughs> everything is so well organized. So I will have off my TA work done in the morning. And mm -hmm. then off my class and research projects is in the afternoon and evening. And I will have one day off, like on Friday, I don't do anything. Wow. And then Friday the, of all days. <laughs> yeah, right? And the weekend, I will just go back to the research projects. But yeah. I love it. Like, oh, that's so good. It's hmm. a little bit overwhelming, but I love it. Yeah. Kirithan, do you get any days off? No, I don't get any no. days off, but uh, it's good in a way. Like, I get all my classes done and my TA work done uh, probably from 8 to 5 or something. Mm -hmm. And then I take a break maybe for an hour or so, and then uh, I'll have a lot of assignments and studying to do on most days. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'm still trying to get into the habit of, you know, studying every day and mm -hmm. uh, putting in hours and so that, you know, I don't have anything else pending. But yeah, it's exciting. The life of a teaching yeah. assistant is, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you have words to describe it, but intense is the only word I can think of. Yeah, it's intense, but at the same time, it's very fulfilling. Like That's great. right at the end of it, like when you know your students are doing well, yeah. maybe not right in the beginning, but when they improve as mm -hmm. we go along the semester, uh, it's very fulfilling because that's like you putting in some work and making someone else better. Uh, and, and that's, that, that's you a know, good the, feeling. The question I mentioned at the beginning that you, you two were the first people to answer a question. I don't remember if you know what the question was, but it stood out to me. And it was, why are you doing this? Why are you becoming a, a teaching assistant? What's motivating you to do that? And if you all wouldn't mind mm -hmm. sharing your answers. Yeah. Do you remember? I think my answer was along the lines of fulfillment, yeah. like service mm -hmm. of your, your, you know, you're teaching the next generation, mm -hmm. a generation that could, that will have a huge impact on where the world goes. So mm -hmm. uh, it's like you are teaching them what you have learned up to this point mm -hmm. and the way you teach it matters yeah. because the, it's, it makes all the difference to them. Mm -hmm. And when students learn, it gives you that sense of fulfillment. 
uh, I think that sense of fulfillment will stay with us for the rest of our lives. Like maybe, I don't know how many years, 70 years from yeah, now, you right. know, we're like, what did I do with all my life? Like all the time that I had. And then you go back and say, hey, I, I taught these kids. And yeah. that's, that's fulfilling. That's, yes. I think that was my answer. Something yes. similar on, the, it was. on those lines. It was. So as the two of you all talk about how fulfilling it is to be in the role of teaching others, mm -hmm. Emily, I'm reminded of a quote by a poet laureate from Kentucky, oh. Jesse Stewart, who once wrote, I am firm in my belief that a teacher lives on and on through his students. Good teaching is forever, and the teacher is immortal. Oh, wow. Very good connection there, Renee. Absolutely. Thank That's you. so true. I mean, can we all point back to those teachers who made a difference for us? And maybe it's just one thing they said one day that we hang on to. And it, it pops up for us in the most unexpected places and times. You know, teaching is such an incredible, incredibly important profession. And those who do it well are immortal. I love that. Yes. And I'm seeing the two of you as kind of exemplifying that in mm -hmm. your very early thoughts as you kind of go into that role at a very early point in your life, right. I might add. And to be able to begin with the end in mind mm -hmm. and kind of see what you want to accomplish Absolutely. right now in your life. Yes. I'm going to cry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Um, well, fulfilling. It is beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. Yeah, fulfilling is the perfect word for being a TA. And my answer was not as good as fulfilling. <laughs> um, I said, well, I think being a TA is like, or helping students, it's like a two-way communication. So it's not only you're giving your knowledge or you're tutoring the student, you will also be inspired by the project of the students because they're young, they have a lot of potentials and they have a lot of creative ideas that will, that will inspire you. Like you will think, oh, this is, a, this is an interesting idea. Maybe I can think about this issue in this way. So I'm, well, I'm, I'm speaking of more practical issues, but I do believe from like just by grading the papers, I can say I can see a lot of different ideas. I can say I can see a lot of different thoughts, which is mm -hmm. really good in terms of having new research projects yeah. or in terms of having a new perspective to think about life, study, or everything. And mm -hmm. and isn't that amazing to have a teacher who who's thinking not just of what am I giving to my students, but what are my students giving back to me? Is that, that's, a, that's a great thing. I mean, everybody wants to have that in a teacher, right? That's pretty incredible. So I, I want to ask in closing a bit, you are each one person from mm -hmm. your home countries, your hometowns. Mm -hmm. You don't represent an entire country mm -hmm. or anything like that. Absolutely. But you, you represent a slice of life the way that you lived it in that country. Mm -hmm. And so what would you want people to know about the lens that you had living in that country, you know, maybe it's in the terms of advice you would give somebody who is meeting somebody new that might have a similar background, or maybe it's, you know what, I wish people understood this about me and where I come from. What, what mm -hmm. would you want people to know about the culture that you represent? So I have an example, which I can share. I have a friend, like I have lots of friends. Um, I have like a friend who I met some time ago and I didn't know his name like I he didn't introduce me uh he did tell me what his name was and I said the same but I forgot his name I forgot his face and then I have another friend friend two I'm gonna call him friend mm -hmm. two so this friend two is pretty close to me and friend two told me that hey do you know this guy and I was like no I don't remember his name I, I don't remember anyone by mm -hmm. that name and 
so he said to me that we were, I met him the other day and we were just talking and I told him about you, which is me. Yeah. And apparently he did, he said a few things which are not really good about you. Oh, wow. So I was like, who is this guy? I don't even know right. him. Like, I mean, I've never met him. And how does he know certain things about me, which mm -hmm. is not true? Yeah. How does he even have an opinion about yeah. me if I don't know who he is? Exactly. So for a day, I was like, uh, I'm not going to let this bother me. But it did, mm -hmm. like for a whole day. And so the next day, what I did was I was like, I really want to know who this person is. So I, w I went on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I just searched for this person. And I did find a picture. And I was like... Oh, okay. Oh. I, I, I've seen this person. Mm -hmm. And I did remember him introducing himself. And I remember I did not reciprocate well because I was uh. thinking of something else. And I wasn't in the right, I wasn't in the right frame of mind mm -hmm. to respond. So I was like, okay, maybe that's how he thinks. And I just kept quiet. And it still bothered me because the next time I meet him, which I did, mm -hmm. and that would be like really awkward. Mm -hmm. So before I met him, I again went on Facebook. And this time I just didn't look at the profile picture. I went through everything about him. Oh, wow. And I realized that, hey, this guy's, he, he's good. He's similar to me. Oh, like, wow. We have so much in common. Yeah. He's creative. He's fun to hang out with. Mm -hmm. And suddenly all of, out of nowhere, that bias in my head was just, you know, destroyed. Yeah. And the next time I met him, we just clicked. And oh, that's we, so like, cool. Now we're like close friends. So that's an experience that I'd like to share regarding how yeah. uh, people have these biases about everyone. And, how and it's it that open change. mind you were talking yeah. about before. Yeah. About that open being mind willing to relearn to... him. Exactly. And he was really willing to relearn you. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. That was really an amazing experience. Yeah. yeah. How about for you, Tannen? So um, I will say, please, please, please always give extra definition. Mm. So the thing is that because we have different culture, we know different things. Mm -hmm. Please don't assume I know the name as you do. For example, when I was in Boston, everyone is a huge fan of baseball. Mm -hmm. So my classmates will talk, well, they will talk about Sammy Sosa, uh, Bernie Williams, mm -hmm. and I have no idea who they are. Right. <laughs> and if you're talking about names mm -hmm. or some famous people, just add a definition. Okay, this is a, a famous baseball player, something like that. Yeah. And it will be so much helpful for me to understanding something. Because in China, we don't have a thing for baseball, mm -hmm. soccer ball. Uh, sorry to say that. But yeah. we don't have a huge thing for sports. Or at least for me. I don't sure. have... I'm not a fan of any sports. Yeah. Um, so if you're talking about celebrity or uh, someone who is really famous in your country, please, please add a definition. Yeah, and that's a really good kind of best practice for ally behavior mm -hmm. is when I know that you're sitting next to me and maybe you aren't getting the reference, when I just offer it out there, I'm like, oh, he's a he's a baseball player and you don't have to ask for it, that's a really nice thing for me to do or for someone to do because it would be intimidating not to just not know but also have to like disclose that you don't know. You know, so it's a nice thing when you're sitting around the table with somebody that you can offer that up to give that extra definition like you're talking about. So somebody doesn't have to continually mm -hmm. acknowledge that I'm on the outside of this circle. Will you please mm -hmm. let me back in? Will you please let me back in? Will you please let me back in? You can widen that circle by just offering it on your own. Mm -hmm. And it's not only for people from different countries. Yes. But it's same yep. thing for... I know, people from different disciplines. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember once I was having a graphic design class and then the professor was showing a photo for Kobe. Mm -hmm. 
and twenty students. Well, all twenty students have no idea who Kobe. Well, right. We saw the picture and we did not know he is he is Kobe. Yeah. Which is <laughs> shocking. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and <laughs> just you know the the assumptions that we make mm -hmm. that the way I see the world is familiar to you. Not necessarily. Nope. Not <laughs> so, ever. <laughs> right. Exactly. Not yeah. ever. And I just, I really appreciate you all coming through and I'd love to talk to you more. I would love to have you come back mm -hmm. and kind of report mm -hmm. back on, on how things are going um, as you're both um, not new to the United States, but new to University of Kentucky. Yep. And we're hoping that you're feeling welcome. And I'm sure that you have plenty of, of advice for the next new TAs that are coming. We'd love to hear about that sometime. Mm -hmm. um, we really appreciate you all coming out. So Emily, if we go back to our opening quote mm -hmm. that you most graciously found, it was this, I believe we can paint a better world if we learn how to see it from all perspectives, as many perspectives as we possibly could, because diversity is strength. Difference is a teacher. Fear difference and you learn nothing by Hannah Gadsby. Emily, what are your thoughts as we start to conclude this episode of Gray Matters today? I, you know, I see these as words to live by, right? This is about pushing past discomfort, you know, because we really, we feel most comfortable staying with what's familiar. But as she says, fear difference, you learn nothing. You stay in your little box and you're only going to understand your little box, you know, and, and probably even a limited perspective of your own box, right? So difference is a teacher. Diversity is strength. And, uh, you know, we have to acknowledge that it can be uncomfortable to go into the unfamiliar. But as, you know, these two gentlemen have just so beautifully illustrated for us, you know, taking chances, taking risks and, and going for it. You're not, you're not going to know how it's going to end, but you'll be okay. And, and you can hear the incredible um, skills and strength that they have built through these chances and risks. And as listeners, didn't we gain something from hearing a little bit about their different perspectives? You know, I know that I learned things today and, you know, it takes risk to do it. So, yes. Yeah, so get out there and try to absorb these other perspectives and ask people about themselves. Ask people what makes them tick and we will all be richer for it. At the end of each show, we would like to ask you if now perhaps you see something with new eyes, a new lens, new ways of thinking, and are you seeing something that perhaps you didn't see before? That is our goal each and every week here on Gray Matters. This is Renee Collins and Emily Duncan from the University of Kentucky Office of Institutional Diversity, opening minds one thought at a time. Goodbye, everyone, and have a great week. Goodbye. Oh, so good to hear that programming from Renee Collins-Cobb, and she's Lexington-based programmer but sharing her work with us here at Forward Radio. You can catch her on Overtones Live here on the station as well, doing a fantastic local music show. Stuff like this you won't hear anywhere else. If you support it, we need your support right now at the end of our pledge drive to make our goal of $5,000 by our birthday Saturday, April 9th. And we'd love to see you out at our birthday party at the Tim Faulkner Gallery on April 9th from 1 to 4 p.m. Looking forward to seeing you there and being back in your ears again next week here on Truth to Power.